welcome to the Steroids Podcast with your host, Dan the Bodybuilder from Thailand. Steroids Podcast is brought to you by Ultimate Guide to Roids, 109-page ebook by Dan the Bodybuilder from Thailand. Now, for the first time in bodybuilding history, you have someone with no corporate interests and no obligation to please anyone, not walking on eggshells to not offend. Ultimate Guide to Roids gives you the information, the whole information, the whole truth, not a full truth and a half-truth. Full truth. Ultimate Guide to Roids gives you the keys to the Lamborghini, gives you the information, and lets you decide what to do with it. It's a crime this information has been suppressed this long. Now let's get on with the podcast. All right, this is Dan. Welcome back to another episode of my bodybuilding podcast. Uh, First thing today is I received a question from someone And they said, uh, Dan, how are you happy? Um, how do you, how do you maintain a positive attitude all the time? So I sent them a voice message and right now I'm just going to play that voice message so you guys can hear it. Hi bro. The key to being happy is to tell your body, fuck you. And to tell your body, my mind is in control, motherfucker. And I am doing what I say I'm going to do. And fuck my feelings. Fuck whatever fucking feelings my body sends at me. Because those stupid fucking feelings are what's preventing you from being able to do what you want to do with your life. When you want to have your life. See, you got a vision. You got a vision. You can see it in your head. You say, I want this. I I want this. But then you say, but I I can't do it because it's going to involve too much pain. And I can't put my body through that much pain. I, I just can't do it. And you have to be, you have to look at yourself in the mirror and you have to say, discipline and respect. Discipline and respect. And then you have to tell your body, fuck you. And then you fucking do what you say you're gonna do and you make your life what you want your life to be. And then you're happy as fuck. Okay, thanks for that question. And the next question for the day is River asks, with the cycles that I do, 1,200 milligrams testosterone per week, 300 milligrams trenbolone per week, 900 milligrams equipoise per week, would you say that this is steroid abuse? I'm thinking it's an average compared to other dosages that people use that you have mentioned in the podcast. Yeah, I'd say that what you're doing right now is pretty normal as far as guys who are because the guy who's asking this he, he really wants to be like a big bodybuilder and and uh so you know it's normal uh what he's doing it, it's like that's what guys normally that are have that kind of goals that's the kind of stuff that they're taking so he's not alone in that but he says is what he's doing is that steroid abuse absolutely uh i mean i mean so what he's doing, the kind of steroid use that he's doing is definitely toxic to his body. He's, he's hurting himself with this. And um, 
you, you know, is, is he hurting himself acutely in a way that is going to, uh, you know, uh, have him keel over dead tomorrow? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. But it's a similar thing to like, you know, um, if you are drinking alcohol on the weekends and and, you know, you're drinking 10 drinks or more, you know, is, is that alcohol abuse? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you, you know, it's it's not doing things. It, well, it's doing things in a way that, that's going to hurt you. That's going to hurt your health. Is that going to, you know, people who are, uh, you know, binge drinking on the weekends and, you know, they they, they do that, you know, one or two, two days a week. Is, is that uh, going to make them keel over dead ne- tomorrow, uh, next year? Uh, five years later, 10 years later? No, no. But is it hurting them? Yeah. And they're, they're abusing the substance. So, uh, you know, controlled use, you know, having uh, two, three, maybe four drinks in a night, you know, is, is you know, like controlled use. And, uh, and uh, you know, is, is that abusing alcohol? Not really. But, you know, having 10 to 20 drinks, is that abusing alcohol? Yeah, you're definitely abusing alcohol. Uh, and so it's the same thing here. You know, if you're using testosterone at a dosage that's like one to 600 milligrams per week, you know, is, is that a, a dosage that's, you know, acutely hurting you? Uh, well, we have a lot of studies that show that those dosages don't really hurt you. So we have uh, studies of guys uh, doing... 24 week cycles, 20 week cycles, you know, on 600 milligrams of testosterone with more than 600 study participants and, you know, really no negative side effects to, to doing that um, for, for, you know, 24 weeks, 20 weeks, you know, about four to six months ish, you know, that's pretty long term. So uh, and then, you know, in America, for example, um, you can be prescribed TRT, testosterone replacement therapy, between, you know, one to 400 milligrams per week. Uh, testosterone cypionate is what, you know, doctors prescribe in America. Um, so, you know, I personally think that, um, you know, going, you know, if you're going to be a hormone user and you're going between, you're using the natural hormones and you're going between 100 milligrams to 600 milligrams per week um, of testosterone, um, then I, I wouldn't call that steroid abuse. I would call that steroid use, right? But if you're using other stuff, if you're using other hormones, if you're using, you know, um, stuff in, in ways that is, is going to hurt you, it's, it's hurting your health, it's, it's not good for you, it's abuse. It's the same, it's the same thing, you know, with, with any of these substances. You, you know, you, you, you have the marijuana, um, you know, you take a couple puffs on a joint at night or you, you have a, a bong rip at night. Is that abuse? Not really, uh, you know, but are, are you smoking marijuana all day? Are you, are you, you know, are you waking up? You're smoking, you're smoking before you do everything you do. Uh, you're smoking at night, you know, uh, or smoking all night, you know, a shitload. Is that abuse? Fuck yeah, it's abuse. Is that hurting you? Yes. If you think it's not, get real. All right. Uh, same thing, same thing with, uh, you know, we were talking about the vape last time. If you're taking a few puffs on a vape per day, is that going to be a problem? No, you, you know, I don't, you know, that's not really, you're not abusing anything. But if you're sucking on that thing all day, 
Is that going to fuck you up? Yes. Your lungs aren't going to be functioning right. You know, a good, a good example of this too would be, you know, especially for guys, uh, cause there's a lot of like, it's politically incorrect in the stoner community. Guys, I went to university of California, uh, Santa Cruz. Okay. So I was in the stone, you know, lived in the, st the fucking capital of the stoner community. Okay. So, um, you know, uh, if you look at a bong, okay, and, and, and I, I want to say too that it's very unpopular among stoners to say that there's anything unhealthy about using marijuana. Absolutely nothing, which is, is such bullshit, okay? And, and a lot of steroid users have this problem too. That's why I'm talking about this, okay? Uh, because 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 uh, I I admit that there you know with marijuana there's certain applications where it can be healthy, okay? And, and, uh, and it can definitely be used, you know, for like helping people that like have cancer and shit, you know, to like be healthier, you know, instead of like fucking dwindling away, it allows them to eat. And then like also, you know, small amounts of it can be good for people's mental health, but large amounts for it, definitely bad for people's mental health. Okay. So, uh, look for the people that are saying, you know, there's nothing harmful about marijuana, nothing, nothing. And, and, and you want to bet? Well, show me the evidence. All right, here's your fucking evidence, okay? Look at the bong after you've been smoking it in a week and you haven't cleaned it, okay? Well, there's one end of the smoking system, of the device, okay? What's the other end of the device? It's your fucking lungs, okay? So you look at the bong, look at the way the bong looks, okay? Your lungs look the same way, okay? They look the same way. That's the other side of the system. Okay, so if you're smoking every day, okay, does that bong look real nice and clean? Does that thing look like, oh my God, if that's what it looked like inside my lungs, I'd be fucking myself up? Well, that's what you got, you've got in there, okay? That's why you got the cough. That's why you got the cough. That's why you got the smoker's cough, okay? Is because that shit that you see in the bong is also what, if you looked in your lungs, you'd see in your lungs, okay? So no more delusions, about like, oh, what I'm doing has nothing, nothing bad about it. Show me the evidence. There's your fucking evidence. All right. <laughs> and so it's it's the same thing with with with, uh, with the steroids, right? And and so this was a thing for me too. You know, for a lot of for a lot of years, I was in denial about my my steroid use. Okay, and I was like, no. There is nothing, it, you know, it just, it makes me laugh these days. Like, I just can't even believe where my head was, but, but I was like, you know, there is nothing unhealthy about these steroids. You can take, you know, I basically believed I could take an unlimited amount of these steroids and there is nothing harmful to my health about it. Nothing. And I'm not looking at my blood work either. I'm not going to go look at that bullshit. Okay. <laughs> Talk about delusions, man. Talk about fucking delusions. So, you, you know, a lot of bodybuilders, a lot of steroid users have this belief, you know, where it's like, no, no, but no, no motherfucker. I'm more healthy. I'm more healthy than the normal people. <laughs> you're not. You're not. You're not. Okay. Um, and, and, and also, you're so much more sensitive to doing unhealthy things if you're a steroid user, if you're a steroid abuser. And, and you are, and you are doing other, you're pairing this with other unhealthy activities, like pairing it with smoking, pairing it with eating a bad diet, pairing it with using recreational drugs. 
okay, you are so much more unhealthy than the average person, okay? Like, yeah, you got one good factor going on. You exercise, you exercise. So there's one good thing that's helping you be healthier than the average person, and that's about it. You're, you're abusing steroids. Maybe you're abusing other, other drugs, legal or, or illegal drugs. I don't know. Uh, maybe, you know, you're abusing diet, you know, trying to use, you know, live this beautiful life, live the beautiful life where, where you can take the steroids and that's your cheat code. And then you can get away with all this other shit. And then you, you can, you can have this, this cheat life where you've got the body and you've got the pride. All right, motherfucker, you know, that 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 kind of shit is just unbelievable. Uh, that that's unbelievable. Uh, uh, really, that's so social media. Uh, but uh, y- you know, so that's kind of what I'm coming back to with this thing of like, can I take a thousand two hundred milligrams test? Can I take three hundred milligrams trend? Can I take nine hundred milligrams equipoise? Can I take blah 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 blah? And is that steroid abuse? Of course, it's fucking steroid abuse. Okay, but. Pick your battles. Pick your battles. All right. So, so you wanna you wanna take steroids. You wanna take steroids, huh? Well, are you willing to have a clean diet? Are you, are you willing to do the exercise? Are you willing to do the cardio? Okay. Keep your circulatory system healthy. Are you willing to stay away from the vices? Are you willing to stay away from the drugs that everybody else is partaking in? Because it's a lot worse for you now, bro. It's a lot worse for you now because you took, made the choice to take the steroids. So if you think you can just live like everybody else, <laughs> you supercharged your engine. You turned your Toyota and you put a fucking fat supercharger on it, okay? And, and, and it, that, that, that thing can't take unleaded gasoline anymore, okay? It can't take the normal oil anymore. It can't take the, it's got to have all the fucking premium shit flowing through it right now, now because of what you did to that car, what you did to that engine. And if you don't, then that shit is going to get fucking clogged. Okay. And, and, and you know, where, where, you know, the engine would have lasted 30 years. Well, now it only lasts 15 years. All right. Uh, if, if you're, if you're going to be doing that shit to it, if you're not taking care of it, you know that, you know, with the Ferrari, with the supercharged car, you got to baby that thing. You got to be like, well, what's going into this thing? You got to be meticulous about what's going into the machine. What's going into the machine? If you start putting all the, the normal shit in it that you were putting in that before you supercharged it and before you, you, you know, upgraded that engine, you put all the normal shit that you put into the Toyota, into the Ferrari, that thing gets fucked up. Okay. So don't go thinking... Don't go, don't go being a dumbass taking steroids and then being like, yeah, I just supercharged my car. I just turned my Toyota into a Ferrari and now I'm going to go put the unleaded gas in it. I'm not putting the premium fuel in it. I'm not putting the good oil in it. I'm not doing the tune-ups to it that, uh, all, that are required of it. I'm just treating this like a beater. I'm treating it like a Toyota Corolla. I'm treating it like a Honda Civic. I got a Lamborghini. I got a Ferrari. And I'm treating it like a Honda. Dumbass. All right.
So uh, you you gotta be realistic here, okay? So so if you're gonna if you're gonna take the if you're gonna supercharge the engine, okay, that's one risk you're exposing yourself to. Now you gotta take away the other risks, or else, yeah, you're gonna hurt your health. All right? Can you can you abuse steroids, and 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 can you do that for a long time and and you know live for a long time? Well, yeah, probably. You know, everybody's got different factors. You know, everybody's everybody's uh. Whenever you do any kind of risky behavior, you're always spinning the wheel. You're spinning the barrel on the uh, revolver on your Russian roulette. All right. And you're taking risks. So you, you go you go skateboarding. Well, you don't want to you don't wear a helmet. You know, you take that risk. Well, you can you know, you could have a freak accident. You could fucking give yourself brain damage. OK, uh, you, you know, you go you go play football. You wear the helmet. Well, you, you know, you could fucking get a few concussions, man. And you could you, you could start getting CTE and getting plaques growing inside your brain, right? And, and get your brain fucked up. Uh, you, you can you can have your, your knee ligaments get destroyed. And, and you can be you can, you know, have your leg never work as good again for the rest of your life. All right. Um, you 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 go do many, many different activities and they've all got risks. OK, some have got higher risks than others. So you got to evaluate your risks uh, with the activities that you want to do. And then you got to make decisions and you got to try to make everything be as safe and as healthy as possible. OK, and you got to go live your life. Go chase your dreams. All right. Uh, but but don't, don't be realistic about what you're doing. Know what you're doing. Study it. Learn about it and, and do it as healthy as possible. Reduce the risks as much as possible. All right. So if you're going to abuse steroids, which is what bodybuilding is, okay, you got to abuse steroids, you're taking your body past the natural limit. You're taking past what it can do naturally. You're making that body bigger than the organs were meant to support. You're using drugs to make this possible. <laughs> you're lifting more weights and putting more strain on your body in the gym than your body could possibly do without being on drugs. Okay, okay, well, see, these are the risks that you're exposing yourself to. I'm not saying don't do it. There's lots of risks with every other activity. You go drive your car down the street, you could get in a car accident tomorrow and you could be dead, okay? You go fucking fly in a plane, plane could fucking crash and you could be dead, okay? But you take calculated risks, you go live your life and you go, you go chase your dreams, all right? But you try to you try to limit the risks as much as possible and be smart, all right. And and we don't try to hide this stuff or stay away from this stuff. Like be like, no, 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 it's nothing. There's no risk. There's no risk. Uh, being lying to yourself that's that's dumb. That's just dumb. So so be like, don't hide. Don't try to hide things from yourself. You know, yeah. Bodybuilding is a dangerous sport. Powerlifting is a dangerous sport. Riding motorcycles is a dangerous activity. Going surfing is a dangerous activity. Going scuba diving is a dangerous activity. Driving in your fucking car is a dangerous activity. You can die doing all of them. Minimize your risks. Be smart. All right, next question. Joel asks, got a question, bro. I've been on testosterone cypionate 200 milligrams for 10 weeks now. If I was to come off, 
Do you think it would be a good idea to just take nothing for a month instead of a PCT? However, during this period, I'd be taking clenbuterol. It's my first cycle. I want to jump straight back on after a month with testipionate again and use Masteron and Anivar. Okay, so you've been on testosterone cypionate 200 for 10 weeks. So that didn't do anything negative to your health, bro. Uh, like, like, I mean, you should go. You want, you want, to, you want to go check that out? All right, well, go take a metabolic profile, comprehensive metabolic profile, and get a complete blood count. And uh, that'll give you the results about what's happening with your blood and organs. All right, so we can take a look at the quality of your blood and the function of your organs and what's going on, right? You know, 10 weeks on a dosage that is commonly prescribed by doctors. I don't think we need to go get a cardiac scoring scan on you and see if you put down any plaque. I don't think we need to do a uh, stress test echocardiogram where you're running on the treadmill with your heart going 180 beats per minute and then having a cardiologist uh, look at look inside your heart while that was happening and see if, you know, all the valves and switches are good or if anything's grown you know, this was a prescribable therapeutic dosage of testosterone that you used for a short period, 10 weeks. I don't think we need to go do that in order to check your health. I think uh, it's safe to assume that if your blood and organs are all functioning good and you got good quality there, that you're fucking healthy. Okay. So if you want to look at that, you can go look at that. You know, you can get a complete blood count and a, a comprehensive metabolic profile. And we should be able to see, you know, that you're pretty freaking healthy because as we talked about before taking one to 600 milligrams of testosterone per week has been extensively studied for over 20 weeks and with large sample sizes of study participants and the blood work is nothing's wrong with it except a few guys some of the guys had some cholesterol issues well if you talk to me about how to fix your cholesterol issues, I can help you fix your cholesterol issues, all right? And uh, out of anything that you can do, the biggest thing that you can do is your cardio that you don't want to do, but you want you said that you wanted to be on steroids. You made the commitment that you wanted to be on steroids. So now you can't be a little bitch anymore and say that you're not going to do your cardio. Well, I don't want to do my cardio. I hate cardio. Grow up. Okay. So the, you know, you got your first, yeah, that was your first cycle. You want to go off for a month and, okay, so you want to go off for a month uh, after 200 milligrams of testosterone. Like why? Uh, because, because here's the thing. If you, if you go off for a month, yeah, it's going to clear out of your system and you're going to be like on zero testosterone. But like you didn't hurt your health on that 200 milligrams of testosterone. And now you're going to go off the cycle and go to like zero milligrams testosterone because your natural system is shut down. But like, why would you want to wake your natural system up while being off testosterone by taking PCT drugs? So you're taking like Novodex and Clomid to like bring your natural brain system uh, back on, you, you know, uh, your your brain hypothalamic pituitary testicular axis back on um but then as soon as you start taking steroids again after one month boom it's all back off again boom it's all back off instantly so what you could do is you could just take some hcg which will just directly communicate with your testicles 
and make them start functioning again. If you're worried about your balls, you could take that. That works while you're on cycle. That works while you're on TRT. That works while you're taking testosterone steroids, okay? You can take the HCG at the same time. 500 IUs every other day, 250 IUs every other day. Or you could take 1,000 IUs every other day. Depends on what you're looking to do, okay? And you can get your balls functioning back again, making testosterone, making sperm, okay? So uh, you could do that instead of, you know, and HCG isn't toxic, but there's some toxicity to Clomid and, and Novodex. So, so that's why I'm like, why would you do that? And then you're just going to like instantly shut it off again when you go on another cycle, which you said you were going to do after a month of doing that. That, that doesn't, that's not logical to me. Um, and, and then you wanted to, you wanted to get on, you know, testosterone, Mastron, Anivar. That sounds like a good idea. So your first cycle was 200 milligrams of testosterone cypionate. Well, if it was me in your shoes, what I'd do for this next one is I'd go 400 milligrams testosterone cypionate. I'd take 10 milligrams of Anivar morning and night, or I'd do breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And I'd take, you know, why do you want to take Mastron? Do you think it's going to make you ripped and hard? Because it's not. You know, there's all the, this ridiculous, hilarious advice on the internet about how you're going to get so dry and you're going to get so hard and you're going to get so ripped taking Mastron. Um, what you're looking for is a low carbohydrate diet. And then, then you got all these idiots who have never probably even used Mastron, but they've read about steroids on the internet. And now they repeat something that they've read hiding behind avatars on forums. And now you think taking Mastron is going to make you ripped and hard and dry. That's what a low carb diet does. Okay. So what Mastron does do really good, and this is pretty much all it does, but it does it really good is it puts a thick oil slick on the surface of your skin, which makes your skin shiny, especially when you sweat. And it makes you really horny mentally. It's not like Viagra, where it just does something to your dick. It does something to your brain instead, okay? So it makes you want uh, to have sex a lot of times during the day, basically, is what Masteron does. And then the other thing is that it gives you some more energy. It gives you like a, a kind of a caffeine feeling. It's an androgenic stimulant on your brain because it's kind of like injectable DHT, okay? So it makes you have more adrenaline, more resting adrenaline, all right? It's probably going to increase your resting heart rate a little bit, especially if you use it at the normal dosages that people are using, like 100 milligrams every other day. If You, you won't really get those androgenic stimulant effects much if you're using it at a low dose, like 50 milligrams every other day or 100 milligrams twice a week or something like that. All right. Okay. Next question. Todd asks, Hey Dan, tell me how many calories should I be getting in if I work a labor job 12 hour days, train like an animal and eat really clean. I've been on 3,800 to 4,000 and not really adding much weight. I can tell you what's wrong right there, okay? You're working a 12-hour labor job and you want to gain weight and you're eating really clean. That's impossible. That's impossible. Okay? So that 12-hour labor job, you are burning like so many calories, dude. 
so many calories. Like exercising, dude. Like how much? How much? How much calories is someone burning per hour exercising? Well, not less than like three hundred. And you say that you're you're doing that for twelve hours a day, but bro, you're burning like three thousand calories plus moving around per day. And then maybe you're you know maybe I don't know how much you weigh because you didn't say. But, you, you know, maybe you weigh 180 pounds, 200, 200 pounds, you know, less than 100 kilograms. And, uh, and you know, you say you're eating 3,800 to 4,000 and you're not really adding much weight. Well, well, that's not a surprise. I mean, I would think that you'd barely be maintaining your weight doing that. Okay. And, and so, you know, when you've got a guy your size who's got to be and he's moving around that much, being that active, uh, you know, 3,800, 4,000 calories is nowhere near as much as you're going to need to gain weight. All right. So he goes on to say, I know they say eat more, but 4,500 to 5,000 just seems overkill. Not for you. And I'm on a cruise at the moment. What happens when I blast? Then I'll be having to go up. Or he says, what happens when I blast? Then I'll be having to go up to 6,000 calories. Just doesn't sound healthy. Uh, by the way, you're looking swole, King. Keep doing you, bro. Peace. Thank you. Thank you, bro. So I'm not, I'm not tucking down on you also. Okay. So I, I'm, I'm just, I'm, uh, don't, I'm, I'm saying these things. I'm not talking down on you. Thanks for the kind words. I'm, I'm just, I'm just being realistic here. All right. Uh, and a lot of other people have this problems too. The same problems as you that you're not like the only guy I'm saying this to. There's so many guys who come to me with the same problem. Uh, so yeah, bodybuilding is not healthy. Like you said, eating 6,000 calories a day, not normally going to be healthy. Being bigger than you're supposed to be, your body bigger than your organs are supposed to support, not healthy. Taking a bunch of drugs to get like that, not healthy. Lifting loads that uh, you wouldn't be able to lift if you weren't on drugs, not healthy. Okay. <laughs> you know, doing sports at a high level, at an extreme level is not healthy. It's not healthy. Contrary to popular belief. You know, most all the sports stars, you know, the pro athletes do not live into their 90s, do not live to 100, do not live to 80. Most of them are dying in their late 50s, early 60s. That's what's common, common mortality age for, for serious athletes, pro athletes that took it to the limit for 30 years. OK, that, that's what's common. So, so we've got to be realistic here. Uh, you know, so doing ex extreme bodybuilding, if you want to do that and you want longevity, well, then you've got to be like, hey, well, I'm doing this for five years. Hey, well, I'm doing this for 10 years max. Hey, I'm doing this for 15 years. And then I'm out. I'm out. You got to cut it. You got to cut it. You got to retire. You got to be a smart pro athlete. You see some of these superstar pro athletes and it's like, oh, well, they only had a six year career. Why did they retire right when they were on top? This is why, bro. This is why. Okay? They they have other priorities. They 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 value like longevity and living a long life higher than they you know, it's not life wasn't just being a sports star to these guys. So that that's why you're like, "Why would he do that?" I'm sure if you follow pro sports, you know, you've got guys like this where you're like, "Why would he do that? Why would he retire?" And you don't you don't understand. This is why he he didn't want to he did, he knows. He figured it out. That uh, going going crazy with sports and taking it to the limit, uh, you know, for decades kills you. <laughs> That's just the reality. Okay, 
So, so like you said, uh, you know, t taking it up to 6,000 calories is not healthy. True. But bro, for your situation and for your goals, that's what you got to do. And there's only one way to do it. You got to eat stuff that is, you know, you can do it as healthy as possible. You can do it healthy as possible, but it's not going to be like, you know, chicken and rice and stuff like that. You, you know, in order to do it the healthiest way that you can, the best way to do it is going to be beef and rice basically like stan efforting style vertical diet all right you got you got intra-workout sugars so you're having that high octane gasoline when you need it and you're pushing those hard intra-workout sugars like dextrose glucose and then in the other times of the day you're pushing things like fruit juice <laughs> a little bit of fruit juice okay that was a joke that was a joke i'm not saying you're pushing fruit juice all day okay but you're going to be having a little bit of fruit juice during the day okay and and then you're going to be pushing hard stuff like you know uh not lean beef you know beef that has a significant amount of fat on it with, with stuff like rice okay so that you can push those calories way up there and do it as healthy as you can and you know what you're probably going to be having some mcdonald's sometimes and shit too okay or uh, you, you know just being realistic in order to get your six thousand calories uh because because you you know you figured it out you know what you have to do and that is what you have to do in your situation you're a, you're a, a late guy who's doing a labor job 12 hours a day all right darren asks what time frame have you found to work for time off of trend ace I did eight weeks of Trend Ace at 75 milligrams every other day. That's a pretty good dosage. That's like 250 milligrams-ish per week. And I'm six weeks post-cycle and wanting to jump back on. Just adding Trend to a test probe HRT, hormone replacement therapy dose, and it worked like a charm. Yeah, yeah, that, that does work good. Um, so, I, I mean, so that was basically, he's probably running about 75 milligrams Test probe, 75 milligrams trinase, like equal dosages kind of every other day. And, um, you know, how much time off. So so it, it really just, you know, when people ask me this question, how much time off? Well, I can say, I, I can, this is the most clear way that I can say it to you is, what's the minimum time that's going to benefit you? Well, a month. A month off is going to stabilize your blood. It's going to stabilize your organ function. All right. And, and get you back to like baseline health. Okay. And then if you're, but, but then if you're like, well, how long do I want to stay, stay off? And I want to be like having healthy, but not going backwards. You could say like three months. Cause if you stay off longer than three months, then you're pretty much going to start going backwards. All right. So you have a range here now of like, one month off to three months off where you're being realistic you're not going backwards and you're being like here's the minimum time that i can be off to get some benefit have a health benefit from being off one month and here's the maximum amount of time that i can be off three months without really going backwards and you know time off more time off is always going to be more healthy than more time on because that's just the way it is. These aren't healthy things to be doing. And uh, taking drugs. <laughs> no shit. Uh, so so uh, you got you to gotta figure out then, well, how much risk do I want to expose myself to? 
And how anxious am I? You said you're at six weeks. That's pretty normal. You know, like six to eight, eight weeks off. That's kind of like an intermediate range of time being off where it's like, of course, if you're really into bodybuilding, you don't want to spend a bunch of time off steroids because, well, that's going to fuck up your progress. You know, you can't progress the way that you do when you're on steroids, if at all, depending on how advanced you are when you're off steroids. So, you know, if you are somebody who is like, well, I'm going to do this the healthiest fucking way possible. Well, then three months is pretty realistic. If you're someone who is being like, I'm going to do this bodybuilding the fastest way possible and I don't want to stop. And, and but but you know what? I, I, I do value my health. And so I'm going to do the minimum required to, to, you know, help my health. Then you can be like, OK, four weeks off. Okay. And, and it's like, I can fit that in there. I can fit four weeks off of steroids. Okay. And, and you'll benefit from that. And then if you're someone who's in between, you're in the medium, your intermediate range, and then you can be like, yeah, six to eight weeks off, you know? So, so that, that's what I think. Okay. Uh, Levi says, I've gotten my hands on UGL test cypionate and was wondering if my first cycle being 10, 250 milligrams testosterone a week would be too weak of a first cycle. What's your goals? Uh, so you're going to have like twice the testosterone levels of a normal dude. Okay. On 250 milligrams testosterone per week, but maybe not even that much, maybe like 1.5, you know, compared to like a, a high testosterone natural, you know? And, and so, well, Steroids require super physiological dosages to get super physiological effects, okay? So this kind of like thing where like you're getting crazy gains from low doses, uh, that's not really a thing. You, you know, that, that's why we say super physiological. What are the effects of super physiological dosages of testosterone? Not natural doses of testosterone. That's what we mean. That's what produces bodybuilding, not natural. Not natural doses of testosterone, super physiological dosages of testosterone and anabolic steroids. Okay. So uh, when you're saying, would it be too weak? It's going to be like a supplement that works. So, you know, maybe the way that you thought creatine might be uh, before you used it and, and you were thinking like, oh, this creatine stuff seems like pretty good. Like, like this stuff might fucking work. You know, you know, it's not going to make you Superman. It's not going to make you Superman, but it's it's like, yeah, you, you know, you took it and, and, you know, you kept on doing everything like to the letter. And then you added that supplement in creatine and, uh, you know, you expected that like you'd get, you know, a pretty damn good result. But then you took the creatine and it was like, oh, you got a little bit of results. All right. So you can probably be expecting more on your 250 milligrams testosterone per week to be getting the results that you were expecting before you took the creatine. When you were reading the marketing and the advertising about the creatine, you were like, this stuff looks like it's going to work. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to get some gains from this. Uh, and, and, and it's going to, it's going to be like, a, you know, a, a nice step up. It's not just going to be like, well, yeah, I got a little bit of gains. It's going to be like, yeah, I definitely got gains. And I, I took a step up because I took this shit. Okay. That's what it's going to be like. Okay. But are you going to be like, you're on steroids, you're on 250 milligrams testosterone. You're getting crazy pumps. You're getting crazy energy. You're burning fat. You're, you're, you've got an erection. All day. <laughs> no, no. Okay. <laughs> that's not realistic. So it depends on what you want. And, and if you're asking this question, you probably should listen to some more podcast episodes because we've gone over this a lot. Jason asks, hey, Dan, just started my first cycle. 
let me know your opinion. 105 milligrams testosterone cypionate, weekly split into three doses a week. 800 IUHCG split to two doses a week. One gram of anastrozole split to two doses a week after testosterone HCG tests and 30 milligrams shots and 30 milligrams of Anivar daily for eight weeks. Thank you in advance. Love the podcast, by the way. Great information. That's really low testosterone. And, you know, 105 milligrams test sip weekly split to three doses a week. Okay, well, like 30% of the milligram weight of the testosterone is uh, like with that Scipionate ester is going to be like the Scipionate ester. So there's really only like in that 105 milligrams of testosterone Scipionate, there's like 70-ish milligrams of testosterone and like 30-ish milligrams of Scipionate ester. So the average natural male produces 10 milligrams of testosterone per day. So you're basically just replacing your own natural testosterone with that. You know that, right? And then, but, but then, you know, you're using the HCG too. Okay. So you're kind of replacing your natural testosterone with the HCG, you know, and then you're kind of adding an extra man's testosterone in. So you got like something like two times the natural man's testosterone going on here. So I can accept that. I don't think you really need to take three doses a week of the testosterone because as long as with testosterone cypionate and ananthe, as long as you got like two doses in per week, that pretty much makes the blood levels pretty consistent. Um, and then you say you're taking the Anivar 30 milligrams daily for eight weeks. If it was me, I would take that breakfast, lunch, and dinner to partition, the, you know, peak the Anivar steroids when the food peaks. What do steroids do? They increase the dietary accumulation of proteins. Okay, so that's that's how you build muscle is you increase the, you know, the, the muscle is built out of protein. You know, when you eat meat, what is the main macronutrient in the meat? It's protein. So what do steroids do? They increase the amount of proteins from your diet that you accumulate in your body, which means more muscle tissue on your body. So I would definitely want the steroids to be peaking in my blood when the food and protein was peaking in my blood from each meal. So I'd take the orals that peak, they have a peak and then they drop in a matter of hours. I'd want to take those and make them peak when the food that I ate also peaked in my blood in order to get the best effects of accumulating dietary proteins, okay? Using the anabolic steroids. So that's the way I'd do it. Uh, you just wanted me to let, let you know my opinion. I gave you my opinion. All right. Archie asks, Hey Dan, huge fan of your podcast. I was wondering if you reckon this would be a good cycle for me. I'm currently 90 kilograms at around 15% body fat, one gram testosterone, nanthate, 400 milligrams DECA, then throw in 50 to hundred milligrams anadrol from week five to nine. Well, that sounds totally normal for a guy your size. And, and he's, he's really going at it and he, he wants to give it everything he's got. And uh, he's serious about his goals. That's pretty average. That's pretty normal. If you talk to the other guys in your situation in the gym, you know, on the internet, you might have a bunch of a bunch of morons, or maybe they're not morons, but they're just you know they're just people, and saying saying like this dogmatic thing, you know, repeating like parrots what everybody else is saying, like you don't need to use that much. You only need to use five hundred milligrams testosterone a week. And it's like, well, you could, you could make gains on 500 milligrams testosterone per week. You could, 
But is that actually what most people in the real world in your situation are doing? No. And can you make faster gains while sacrificing some safety using more? Yes. And is that what a lot of guys are looking for? Yes. So do I think you're doing anything crazy? No. I think you're doing what everybody else is, is doing who, who's being realistic, who's being realistic. The guys in the gym who are making the kind of gains that you want to do. Are you doing it the absolute most safest way that you possibly could and still be able to meet your goals? No. Okay. So I'm not saying, you know, th this is, this is one of those things where, where it's, it's like, well, it's up to you, man. You got to say how much risk you want to be exposing yourself to it. You know what in, in my bodybuilding career, did I do it like that the way that you did? Yes, I did. Yes, I did do things like taking, like being 90 kilograms and taking that much uh, testosterone and DECA and maybe throwing in some Anadrol, 50 to 100 milligrams for four weeks. Yes, that would be something that would be, would have been totally normal for me, totally normal for a lot of other guys and is widely done by a lot of people. Most people are not doing it in the most slowest, most healthy way that's humanly possible to take steroids that people are saying it's the only way to do on the internet. It's the only way to do. And you know what? A lot of the, a lot of those guys, you have no idea what they even look like anyways. And then a lot of people who are, you know, saying that they're doing that or doing less than that or whatever, they're just lying. <laughs> so you're not doing anything like outrageous. You're actually just like totally average with what you're doing. Okay, Wiley asks, hi, bro, message for, for the podcast. Um, I'm currently coming end of my cycle, 50 milligrams Anivar, 50 milligrams Winstrol, 750 milligrams testosterone cypionate. I always cruise about 500 milligrams testosterone cypionate. Issues I'm having at the moment is during sex, I'm losing my erection, wondering if Proviron would solve this problem. I can take half of Viagra and it works great, but get sore uh, headache. I get a headache from Viagra. So rather see if I can fix this. Okay. Well, yeah, Viagra has side effects, but Cialis doesn't. So Tadalafil, um, if you're getting headaches from Viagra, mm, try Tadalafil because usually it doesn't do that. Um, Viagra is like a really broad spectrum, um, uh, phosphodiesterase inhibitor and, uh, Tadalafil Cialis is not very broad spectrum. So, um, it, it, it's more just like focused, uh, on the phosphodiesterase enzymes in your dick. So it doesn't really give side effects the way that Viagra does. So the first thing I'd say is use that. Proviron mostly increases mental sex drive. It, it works a little bit, you know, as far as like er erection or something, but not really, that's not really what it's doing. It's more of, it's a mental thing that, that, uh, Proviron and Mastron are doing. Um, yeah, but and also, you know, if you're, if you're having issues, uh, with the erection quality, a lot of times it's going to be like an estrogen issue, like getting your estrogen control really dialed in and knowing exactly how to, um, manipulate those levels to make you feel your best. Uh, a lot of times that's going to solve those kind of like sexual dysfunction issues. All right. 
Okay, Michael asks, hey brother, long-time listener here, recently started getting severe indigestion on cycle. My cycle is testosterone propionate, trenbolone acetate, superdrol. I removed the superdrol to see if it helps, and if it doesn't, I'll back the trend down. Haven't heard you talk about this side on your podcast before. Any advice? Yeah, well, what I usually recommend on the podcast is to first go with baking soda. So like a one tablespoon baking soda and water as a shot, to which just neutralizes the acid. You know, so if you've got like acid coming up into your throat, you can just completely neutralize that by, you know, taking base uh, baking soda, which is super alkaline. Uh, so, so that's one thing you can do. Another thing you can do is you could take uh, famotidine, which has the added benefit of, you know, being a chelating agent for calcium plaques in your circulatory system, meaning that it can absorb and remove calcium ions. Uh, but it also is an antiacid that um, that you know reduces indigestion, acid reflux, GERD, and um, so then the other thing is that you know in the order of things that give acid reflux in bodybuilding, you can kind of go at it like this: trenbolone number one, orals number two, clenbuterol number three. Metformin number four. If you're running any of those things, those are going to be like, you know, agents that are causing acid reflux and indigestion. So if you're having problems, you know, you can try one of those remedies that I was talking about, or you can start removing those chemicals. Um, you know, with Tren, you know, they all cause it. Yeah, Tren, Orals, Clen, Metformin, they all cause it, man. That trend is probably the worst one about causing it. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, next question. Hey, Dan, I'm loving the podcast so far. I bought the book, Ultimate Guide to Roids. What do you think of 500 milligrams testinanthate, 300 milligrams equipoise for the first week of a cycle, and then 750 milligrams test E, 300 milligrams equipoise, then 25 milligrams winstrol a day for four to six weeks after, and then back down to 500 milligrams test 300 equipoise till I hit 12 weeks for a first cycle. I like it. I, I like, you know, ramping up the way that you do during the cycle, but I wouldn't ramp down at the end because I just don't think it's necessary. And, um, you know, usually people at the end of their cycle is when they want the most firepower. At the end of the cycle, they want it to be going the strongest. And they, you know, they've worked hard and they want to look their best. You know, they're in a position where they can look their best. And just simply going down in the gear doesn't really follow with that whole line of thinking. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I, w I wouldn't do that as far as it coming down at the end, you know. But I, I, I do think it's a good general general idea in, in cycles to, like, kind of ramp up as the cycle goes on. And that's a lot of advanced guys. That's the way that they do it. Um, again, you know, you won't really hear that so much on the internet so much. You'll hear more just like, oh, well, this is the cycle and like you stick to it like a religion or something like that, you know, the whole time and you never change a thing. But in the real world, that's not what people are doing. When you talk to people in the real world, um, especially guys that, that are having a lot of success, that's not really the way it usually goes. It's, it's usually the, the cycles get stronger as they go on. Um, yeah. And, and I, I like the way, you, you know, maybe you could, you could go 500 test, 300 equipoise, and then 
go 750 test, 300 equipoise. And then for the last four weeks, you could go 750 test, 300 equipoise, 25 wins draw. You know, and and that that would be your your twelve week cycle. You know, that's probably how I would do it if I was you. All right, Blackballin asks, "Hey man, found you on YouTube. Never been to Thailand. I bet that's dope. I was in the military, been quite a few places, but never seen Thailand. But I'm hitting you up because I'm really interested in the first cycle with my lab rat. He's six foot three, three hundred six pounds, trying to get a lean body." With gains, aiming target weight is 240. Thanks, bro. Love your podcast. Listen to it all the time. Okay. First thing here is that steroids, you know, you think when you're natural, I'm going to go on steroids and all my fat is going to melt off my body. But nothing could be further from the truth. The main thing that steroids do is build your body up, increase the mass of your body, make you more hungry, add to your body. Okay. Okay. So if you want to take steroids and you're, you're, the reason that you're doing that is to like lose weight or like lose fat or get lean, you're going to be in for a pretty significant disappointment. Uh, more of the stuff that you're kind of looking for here is as far as like supplements go, like, like metformin could help you, thyroid hormone could help you. Um, stimulant diet drugs could help you. Um, the most simple of which is ephedrine, caffeine, um, you know, insulin control can help you. So that's metformin or a low carb diet. Low carb diet is a hormone manipulation diet to eliminate the storage hormone insulin from being in your body much, which makes it far more easy to lose weight because then the storage hormone isn't pushing everything in your blood into your cells. Instead, what's in your blood can just kind of get excreted. Um, and um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, really what you should do is, you know, a lot of times, you know, if guys are 300 pounds and they start losing weight, you know, they can kind of look kind of like scrawny at the end or like they kind of like lost a lot of muscle mass and shit. And it's not really a good look. So what you can do is like get on TRT or or get on like 500 milligrams of testosterone, something like that. And that'll hold all your muscle so that you can just diet and get lean and do cardio and shit. And you, you won't, you, you won't like just like wither away, you know, you'll, you'll hold all your muscle and you'll, you'll just burn the fat off the like, kind of like what you're looking to do, you know? And if you're 300 pounds, you probably already got like a bunch of muscle. Cause like, dude, people who are, are like fat. They, they, they're seriously buff, you, you know, like they've got to carry around all that, that fat all day. And that builds a lot of muscle, you know, that's a lot of resistance. So, um, what I would rec, you know, if it was me, I, I would, I would take the testosterone 250 to 500 milligrams per week and, you know, Tabata training, highly recommended to get yourself conditioned, you know, high intensity interval training, Tabata interval training works very good. You know, it works the best when you're doing it with uh, with weights, you know, you can do it with a bike, you can do it, you know, running or whatever. Uh, but, you know, doing your cardio, you're doing your high intensity interval training uh, cardio with weights works the best by far. All right. It puts you in a metabolic con uh, condition where, you, you know, your metabolism hormonally is really wanting to shed weight. Okay. Uh, so, so, so that, you know, and then, and then eat it, eat a, eat a diet that's mostly meat, 
mostly vegetables, a little bit of carbs, especially around your workout to help you be able to work out hard, you know, eat some carbs, eat some inner workout sugars. And you know, that, that should, that should really, really get you going good. You know, if you want to get, you know, a little freaky with it, you could add in some thyroid hormone. You could add in a little bit of clenbuterol. Maybe you'd take a little, you know, maybe you'd even uh, get a little, get a little ephedrine and uh, caffeine going on there. Uh, you, you know, to play around with some stimulants a little bit. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, that, that I just now gave you kind of like a more realistic pathway for what you're trying to do. And it's not going to be, well, just get on trend, man, because trend burns fat. That's going to be disappointing, actually. If, if you've got a lot of fat to burn and you're like, well, I'm just going to get on trend and, and that's going to like burn all my fat off. And if you got 10 pounds of fat to burn and that's it, then yeah, you know, you could get on trend and that'll burn it off. But if you've got a significant amount, that's not going to do it. Okay. Brandon asks, Hey Dan, just read up on your steroid ebook, ultimate guide to roids. I wanted to pick your brain about some ways to prevent too much liver toxicity from wetting super draw. What would you suggest some supplements or just running some test E shortly after with an AI after my super draw cycle? Um, okay. So yeah, th this is the supplements that I'd recommend, okay? Uh, so a lot of the liver um, problems that could happen on steroids or the toxicity, you know, you're not really going to get so many like liver problems, but you, you can experience toxicity, definitely, which makes you tired, which makes you feel like shit, um, which makes you feel dysphoric, uh, maybe dizzy a bit. Um, and so a lot of that is from what's called like cholestasis, cholestasis which is where you get bad bile in your liver and the bile it gets kind of stuck in the gallbladder and uh, in the ducts that run from the gallbladder uh, down through the liver into the small intestine. It's called cholestasis. And, and the, the, the bile in there is not good bile. It's, it's unhealthy bile. And, and so what works really good for solving that and or preventing it or making it take longer for that process to happen is to take Tudka, T-U-D-C-A, Tudka, 500 to 1,000 milligrams per day. This is good liver bile, and it goes in there, and it replaces the bad liver bile and keeps the good liver bile in there, okay? So, so that's very, very effective with like oral steroids, liver toxicity in general, okay, from steroids. And then the other one, is to take N-acetylcysteine, 600 to 1,200 milligrams per day. N-acetylcysteine is the antidote for acute liver poisoning. If that's what you get and you go to the hospital and you've got like liver failure and they're trying to like save your life or save your liver, they're going to be giving you N-acetylcysteine to try and, and uh, help you, okay? Because that, it's, it kind of rescues the, the liver cells a bit. And, you know, normally you'll have a reservoir of N-acetyl, well, L-glutathione, which is what N-acetylcysteine turns into when it hits your liver. And the L-glutathione gets used up um, to deal with toxins. And then after that reservoir is gone, now what starts dealing with toxins is the actual liver cell instead of the L-glutathione antioxidant. And then when the liver cells dealing with, uh, you know, you know the, the toxin, then, you know, it, it dies when it gets too stressed out, okay? And so then you start getting cell death in your liver. And then once enough of that starts happening, then your liver is getting pretty fucked up. 
So, uh, you know, the N-acetylcysteine, it's a great one. It's a great one. It's what they use in the hospital. Okay, and then if we go the extra mile, I've said this before. I said I didn't want it to work, but it does work, okay, is the soy lecithin with a standardized choline extract in it, okay? So I didn't want it to work because it comes from soy, okay? But this stuff, choline, it fucking works, okay? And if you look at the, the studies behind it, it does work, okay? But I noticed it an anecdotally. So I read all about the studies and everything, and I was like, oh, I don't want this stuff to work, but I'm going to use it because, you know, it sounds so good. And, and then it did work for me, you know. It, it actually only took three days before, like, my, my freaking eyes and my skin, even my feet, turned whiter. And, and, and so, and there was no denying it either. It, it was a total difference. So I'm like, okay, well, I can't deny this. And so, you know, ever since after that, I've been a fan of it and I've supported it. And basically what choline does, which is the active ingredient in the soy lecithin, is it acts as armor for your liver cells. It programs them against apoptosis or cell death. So it just makes them stronger and makes them more resilient to stressors, okay, to toxins without dying. And, and it does a damn good job of it, okay? So that's that. Okay, next question. Brother Tom asks, hey, Dan, love the podcast and book. I have a question. I started my first cycle and have been injecting 100 milligrams of testosterone propionate and NPP every other day for about two weeks. Now all of a sudden my quad, where I've been injecting, has swollen massively to the point where I cannot get out of bed. I just want to know if there is any chance of internal bleeding or anything serious to worry about. Yeah, bro. Yeah, so this is kind of the situation that I got into because it's like we're men and we don't want to go to the doctor. And, and, and it's like, no, no, you know, I'll just fucking handle it. So, you know, like with my leg thing, you know, what, what I noticed, you know, how it first started, you know, I had my, my bad leg infection where I almost lost my leg, uh, which thank God, it, you know, completely healed and I have complete use of my leg, you know, no problems. But, you know, that was a freaking miracle from God. And um, so, so what, what, what happened with me is, you know, at first I did the shot, you know, and I was like, what the fuck? It felt like I like injected acid into my leg. And like, like the pain was just so unreal, you know, and then, you know, it started swelling up and then it like wasn't going away. And then, it, it, you know, like it, it was there and I was like, you know, had this like abscess on my leg and I was being like, well, no, it's going to get better. It's going to get better. And then the skin dissolved on my leg and, you know, so now I had this like fucking hole in my leg and then I was like, okay, well, you know, no, uh, it's getting better now, you know, like no, no uh, hole in my body or in my skin has ever like not healed before. So then I put a bandage over it. And then I, I was, I was pretending like, you know, it didn't exist, you know, and I wouldn't look at it all day because it freaked me out. And, you know, more, more than a month went by, you know, and, and I wasn't going to the doctor and I still had this thing go on my leg, right? Because I wasn't going to no doctor. <laughs> okay. It's, it's delusional. Okay. It, it was totally delusional. And, you know, eventually, you know, I was in so much pain from this thing that, you know, that at night there was no way I could sleep without taking painkillers, man, because I had this freaking hole on my leg, you know, a big hole on my leg, the size of the palm of my hand. And, but, you know, I was convinced, you know, nothing has ever not healed on my body before. It's getting better. It's going to get better tomorrow. I think it's getting better. I'm going to give it three more days. It's getting better. You know, I would keep on saying this stuff to myself. And, you know, then one one night I took the bandage off, you know, 
And I just looked at it and I was like, you know, reality just came to me. And I was like, man, it's not getting better. And, and, and I, I was like, you know, I, I was like, I have to go to the doctor now. I have to go to the doctor now. And this was after, you know, maybe like eight weeks after I had initially taken the injection, you know. And I could have saved myself a lot of fucking heartache if I would have, you know, just dropped my pride and not been like, oh my, you know, like, I'm not going to the doctor. I can take care of this myself. I can find the right antibiotics to take myself. And, uh, you know, it's going to get better and I don't need no doctor to look at it, you know, and I'm just going to cover it up and pretend like I'm okay. I'm a man and I don't go to the doctor. <laughs> All right. So, I, you know, you know, I, I, yeah, I, there was a lot of fuck ups involved, you, you know, there that then, you know, resulted in, in me getting fucked. And uh, so, so, you know, then I went to the doctor and, you know, all the tissue there was all dead and they had to cut everything out. And then, you know, they, they closed it back up. But it was such a huge thing that had happened that, you know, there was so much internal bleeding that the surgery then exploded, you know, about an hour after I got out of the surgery. And then, you know, they had to put a freaking, they had to install, they had to do another surgery to install a vacuum in my leg. And then after that was done for a while, then they had to do another surgery to, you know, sew everything up and, and make this huge scar down my leg that's now like 16 inches long. Okay, so that that was, woo, you know, and, and then now if you look me up on the internet, Dan the Bodybuilder in Thailand, <laughs> you see like every major news corporation on earth with this big, you know, thing about how, oh, that's the guy that almost lost his leg from a botched steroid injection, all right? So that's what I got. That's what I got from doing all that thing. So, you know, you you told me right now that you can't, it's swollen massively. You can't even get out of bed and you just want to know if there's any chance of internal bleeding or anything serious to worry about. Brother Tom, go to the doctor right now, man. Go to the hospital. All right, next question. Harrison asks, hey, Dan, just spent the evening reading Ultimate Guide to Roids, your steroid Bible. Well worth the money. Thank you for creating the Holy Bible. I'm wanting to start my first cycle. However, I'm terrified of gyno. I'm thinking of blasting 700 milligrams of testosterone propionate, 100 milligrams daily. Should I use Novodex daily also with it and have letrozole and eczemestane on the shelf also just in case? And use eczemestane when I feel symptoms of low, high estrogen. Have a great day, bro. Uh, yeah, so, um, you know, since you're really afraid of gyno and you've never used steroids before, I would start out at 100 milligrams of testosterone propionate every other day. And if you were good with that, you could control all the estrogen and everything was good, then you could up it to, uh, you know, twice the frequency, 100 milligrams every day, 700 milligrams per week. So starting out at 350 milligrams per week and then upping it, you know, if you were good because you're really afraid of this side effect and, you know, um, taking high, higher testosterone dosages, you get more estrogen production. So you want to start at a more mild dose since that's what you're real worried about. And, okay, you could take Novodex every day. There's, it's not, it's not, uh, you know, that's not going to crash your estrogen because it's just a receptor blocker. It doesn't remove estrogen from the body like eczemestane does or uh, bind it up and make it inactivated the way letrozole does. 
but I don't think you're going to have to do that. So the way that normally you want to just remove the total estrogen amount in your body. So you do that with an AI, not a blocker. So letrozole, eczemestane, those are AIs. Those are aromatase inhibitors. They reduce the amount of estrogen in your body. Nolvidex doesn't reduce the amount of estrogen in your body. It just blocks the estrogen receptors so that the estrogen in your body doesn't have anything to act on. It doesn't have anything to connect with and transmit its signal. Um, so the thing with the ex eczemestane, letrozole, aromatase inhibitors, but eczemestane, you know, number one, is these things work fast. So you, they can be used with on-demand use. You can feel a difference if you are feeling an itchy, burning nipple or a painful nipple. You can feel a difference 45 minutes later after taking a tablet of eczemestane, okay? And so this stuff works fast and it works for on-demand use. So it works really good, you know, and, you know, if you've, you you want to reduce your total estrogen level in your body, not just, you know, block the receptors and hide from the estrogen in your body. So normally you want to use eczemestane, you, you know, or an AI in general as like that first line for preventing gyno. And the other thing is that gyno doesn't, especially permanent gyno, okay, it doesn't just, you don't go to bed one night. And cause I remember too, before I, I took steroids, I was worried about this. I was really worried about this actually. Gyno was a big concern for me. And, and, uh, and, uh, you don't just go to bed one night and then the next morning you wake up and it's like, boom, I've got gyno in my nipple and, and it's, it's developed and it's hard and it's a rock and it's never going away. That's, that's not how it works. It takes, once you get gyno symptoms, it take, it has to set in and that takes like really 48 to 72 hours of continued problems at the at the minimum okay it's going to take that much or longer of you having problems with the nipple before there's any kind of like permanent set in where you can't just remove it you know by taking antiestrogens so it you you can calm down some of your anxiety about that because it's not going to be something that just you know jumps on you and it came out of, and there was nothing you could do, and it came out of the blue. It's something where it's like, oh, well, if you weren't prepared, if you didn't have the stuff on hand, so then you got the symptoms, and you weren't able to remove the symptoms in a timely manner, then, you know, it, it's maybe been, you know, five days, and you've continued having these symptoms, and you didn't have the stuff on hand already to remove it. And so you were trying to get the anti-estrogens that you thought you didn't need for the cycle or whatever. And, you, you know, so now you had like this estrogen thing going on with your nipple for five days or something. Now you've got it set in. Now you've got something permanent. Okay. So I, I would say, you know, you don't need to use letrozole or Nolvidex daily. Um, and, and it's not even a problem, you know, if you get some sensitive nipple and then that's when you take the eczemestin, you know, that's actually how I use it myself is I don't take eczemestane on any kind of schedule. I don't take eczemestane, um, you know, just, just for the, the hell of it. I, I take it if I notice an estrogen symptom, then I go, oh, I need to take some eczemestane. And then I take the eczemestane and in an hour, maximum three hours, but honestly in an hour, the symptoms are gone. So that's kind of how gyno works in the real world. All right, and the last question for today, Pooty asks, 
Bro, what do you think about HCG on a cruise? Been looking through your YouTube videos and thought you said you always ran it. Because nuts shrunk pretty good this time. Barely blowing loads and wife wants to get pregnant. Yeah, I, I like to use HCG when I'm on steroids. I don't use it all the time, but I use it at least six months a year. You know, after a while, you just get sick of it. You're like, I don't want to have these shrunk nuts and stuff, you know, because it's no one wants that. And people make, you know, you can like, you know, you can do like the rich piano thing and be like, make the most or the best of a bad situation and be like, oh, dick isn't lower than the balls or whatever. Right. But no one wants that. You know, you want your nuts to be the right size and you don't want them to be like right up next to your body. You know, like, like, you know, that they're not creating any sperm like that. So, so I like to use HCG, like, like basically all the time or as much as possible and like 250 I use two or three times a week, subcutaneous shot works really well in solving that problem so that your nuts are still working and they're not like little squirrel nuts or something. And the other thing is that like testicular atrophy is progressive. So, you know, if your first couple years of steroids use, you know, it might not shrink very much unless you use Tren or Deca because then it makes it pretty much instantly shrink like 50%. Uh, but, but even if you're not using those and you use it, you know, for a long time, you know, like, you know, five years or something like that, you're going to get progressive nut shrinking and it's going to get to the point where it's like they're 30% or so of like your normal size size before you started taking steroids. That's no fun. Nobody wants that. So, you know, HCG always works. HCG works, whether you're on cycle, whether you're off cycle, whether you're on a cruise, if you've got HCG in the system, that shit's communicating directly with your testicles and making them work, okay? And another thing is that if you, like, are not having a lot of semen production uh, because of taking steroids, it fixes that too, okay? So, yeah, I like HCG a lot. All right. So that's going to be the last uh, question for the podcast today. It was fun talking to you guys, and uh, I'll be coming up with another episode for you guys uh, real soon here. So make sure to go pick up Ultimate Guide to Roids, 109-page ebook by Dan, the bodybuilder from Thailand. You know, if you just go to bodybuilderinthailand.com, it's, uh, I, think, I think it's the first article on the homepage where you can check it out and read like 20 pages. It's definitely worth it. It's my best content. You know, if you like the podcast, the book will blow you away.